Kids and Creations, a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I am your host, Tracy Bloom, and I feature people who inspire and uplift future generations with their work. And today I have the incredible author, Lori Walmark, who has won countless awards, including Outstanding Science Trade Book, Best STEM Book, Cook Prize Honor Book, Mathematical Honor Book, and the list goes on. She creates incredible inspirational books featuring um, women, primarily women in STEM. And she has a brand new book out uh, that is not about women in STEM that we're gonna jump right into that too. Um, But Lori, thank you so much for being here. Oh, I am so delighted to be able to meet you and be on the air with you. You're, yeah, all of your books are just stunning, um, just visually stunning, but the content of the work that you create is incredible. Um, and I'm assuming that, I have so many questions. I'm assuming that they kind of started from your background because you have an MFA in writing for children and young adults, but you also have a, a bachelor's from Princeton in biochemistry and an MA in information systems. So did all of that kind of just come together to have this aha moment for you? Or how did your writing career come about? Okay, so most people who are writers wrote as a kid, right? They're always writing little stories and things like that. I wrote some poems. I wrote some music, but that was it. And we didn't have creative writing in school back then. You did book reports, things like that. I grew up, as you mentioned, I had a degree in biochemistry and a degree in information systems. So I'm working in the pharmaceutical industry. I'm writing, but it's reports and instructions and things like that. So this goes on for a while. And one day, about 20 years ago, I had an idea for a middle grade book. And I love middle grade books, these books for eight to 12 year olds. I love reading them. And I had this idea and I thought, huh, I'll give it a try. And I read books about how to write and I took workshops about how to write. And I wrote this, what I thought was an amazing book and no one wanted to buy my amazing book. So, okay, not a writer. You know, you try different things in your life, not a writer. About five years later, I had another idea for another middle grade book. So same thing, I take more courses, I take workshops. That book actually got bought and the publishing company went out of business. Ah. Okay, but at, at that point I'm writing other things. I had found picture books. I took picture book courses. And it's like, wow, I really like picture books. So I'm writing and this is great. I'm getting so close. Editors are asking to see more of my work. Agents are asking to see more of my work. I'm on my way, except no one really made that final leap. Yes, I wanna buy your work. So I thought, okay, not a writer, gave up again. Mm-hmm. No, I, I am not the story, the inspiration, or the roadmap you should follow. Let's put it this way. I've now given up twice. 
but I was taking at the time a course, I was teaching computer science at our local community college and I was taking a course on children's literature. And the professor said, we're gonna study biography next week. And I said, oh, I've written a biography. She said, bring it in. Professor says to bring something in, you do. I brought it in. She said, read it. Professor says to read something, you do. So I read it. The class loved it. Uh -huh. But you have to remember, this is a class of 20-somethings and me, who was at that point probably at 50-something. So I sort of stuck out in the class. They all loved me. Did they love it because they loved me? Mm. Or did they love the book? Hard to tell. Yeah. But it was enough to get me going again. And I thought, this time, I'm gonna go get my MFA. I'm gonna worry about my craft. I'm gonna learn how to be the best possible writer I can be. I'm not going to worry at all about getting published. That, you know, just totally out of my wheelhouse. I am going to learn to write. And so I, went and got my MFA. And in my last semester, my first book got published. <laughs> That's awesome. What a story. And I've been writing ever since. It combines my love, the woman in STEM books combine my love of science and math, you know, which I've had since a child, and also my love of wanting to show underserved communities in science, in this case, women. Yeah. There's so many groups who are in science and math that we don't hear about and children need to know that that so yeah that's how those books came about it's incredible and your story is so inspirational because i feel like the road to publishing is very hard and it, it doesn't just happen like that you don't just query one person and then you're a best-selling author it's not how it works you know well it's certainly Remember, I, I started at a very low level, right? Because I had never done creative writing. But between submitting to different agents and editors, different stories, I had over 500 rejections oh. before I found my agent. Wow. So it's a tough road. Yeah. Most people, it's not going to take that long because most people are starting a little bit higher level than I was. They've been writing all their lives. But still... You know, and of course, I still get rejections all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like suddenly, oh, yeah. oh, yay, she's written. Now now we're going to accept all her books. Right. Yeah. And, and it's hard not to take those rejections personally, too. I mean, it really takes some some tough skin to be like, OK, so it's not for this person, but maybe it's for the next. Or, exactly. You know, or or maybe, it's maybe it's time to put that one away for a while because of the way the market is right now and then bring it back again in a few years. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I didn't think about that either. Um, and so with your books, I was so I dove right into the Codebreaker uh, Spy Hunter Elizabeth Friedman book. And I thought, oh my gosh, I know that I have heard of her. And I know that I saw some kind of a series or documentary about her a long right. time ago. But I wondered how many kids have never heard of her or any of the other women that you write about? Like when you talk to children, are, is this like a first time thing for them? Oh, usually. Mm -hmm. What's funny though, is my 
books about Ada Lovelace and Grace Hopper, if I'm at a book festival, sometimes adults who are uh, software engineers will come up and they know the name yeah. because it's their field, like it was my field. But most of the time, or they'll know Hedy Lamar mm. as an actress and not realize that she was an inventor also. Yeah. So when you start these books, how, about how long do they take you to do you just dive into the research first or what is the creative process like? Because you're telling their life story in a concise picture book format. So it's funny because that's a question I'm almost always asked at yeah. school visits. How long does it take to write a book? Yeah. And First off, you have to decide if you're writing one of these nonfiction picture book biographies, whom you're going to write about, right? So you're narrowing it down and you're researching this person, researching that person. Once you decide, then you start doing that deep dive into research. And those of us who write nonfiction, we like doing that. We like the research. So it, it's hard to say, okay, time to stop time to actually start writing. <laughs> yeah. You can write and not have done every single bit of research because you might not need it anyway. Yeah. So I would say the time span is about a year from when you first say, I'm going to write about this person to when you have a manuscript that's good enough to submit to your agent or to a publisher then they give you revisions. Right. So my agent will give me revisions and then it'll go out on submission. Then the editor will give you revisions. So you're adding you know, more time after that year of time because you want the book to be the best it can possibly be. Yeah. And then there's the illustrations, which all of your books have just beautiful illustrations because they all look very cohesive is it the same illustrator i didn't even look no okay um two of my books have the same illustrator grace hopper queen of computer code and hedy lamar's double life but all the other ones are different illustrators and i have been extremely lucky in my illustrators you know i they're all great they're different styles and the styles fit yeah so the ada lovelace which is more like a fine art style from someone in the 1800s, the early 1800s. That more fits, but people like Grace Hopper and Hedy Lamarr who are more recent, you know, now you can get a more modern type style. Yeah. So I, I just, I can't say enough about illustrators because they take the words, they figure out what should be on that page, what to illustrate, what to accent, and come out with these amazing illustrations. Yeah, yeah, it's magic. Yes, absolutely. And then your new book, Dino Pajama Party, do you say pajama or pajama? I say pajama, but I you can pajama. say pajama, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this one's completely different and it's fun and it's so lighthearted, but it's a bedtime story. Um, how did you come to create this book? Because it's so different from your others. 
Okay, so I started in fiction. Remember, I wrote those two novels and then I wrote a lot of fiction picture books that didn't sell. So fiction has always been in my mind. One of my daughters used to live on the West Coast and it's a long plane ride coming back from the West Coast. And we were coming back one time and into my head popped the, the couplet, Babies rock and babies roll, babies stomp and babies stroll, which now is the beginning, but with dinos. Right. <laughs> Actually, I think it was only babies rock and babies roll. I think I only even had that one first line when I started. And it grew from there. I thought, well, this is fun. I like writing in rhyme. And eventually the babies turned into dinosaurs. <laughs> I can't remember now it, why at this point. Right. And now they were more partying. You know, they were playing musical instruments now and they're dancing and they're singing um, before going to bed. And it became a bedtime story. It's so cute. I love it. I was, and the illustrations on this one too are just so perfect. They're just- Exactly, amazing. those illustrations, I would hate them on one of my women in STEM books. Right. But right. they are perfect for the dinosaurs. Yeah. And the title of this book, the editor said, I can't remember what title I had. I think it was Dino's Rock. And she said, no, we need something better. Mm. And my two daughters were home visiting. We were out to dinner and we're just throwing around titles. And then someone, one of them said Dino Pajama Party. It was like, yep, that's it. Dino yeah. Pajama Party. I find that titles are like the hardest thing to come up with. I don't think any of my books has maintained the title I started with. You know, yeah. I think always the editor has come up with something better. And so you title yours after you've written the whole thing? No, I, I, I start with the title, but oh, it, just, okay. it doesn't stick. Yeah. I know that you have you do a lot of school visits and you have um, activities as well on your website. Right. And teacher guides for all the books. I don't make them up. Okay. Yes. I taught for 10 years, but I taught 18 and 19 year olds. Okay. I did not teach elementary school children. I would have no idea the sort of activities you would do or curriculum guide things you would do right. for children that age. Yeah, it's incredible, though, how much how much that you've put out and all of the incredible awards that you've won. And, you know, this new fun book, I'm sure that you have um, lots of new things on the horizon. Do you have um, do you have I any? can actually talk about all of them right now? Oh, you can. The, the last of them. I have four new books coming out in the next two years. Yay! Um, one that was supposed to come out this year, but things happen yeah so that one is um her eyes on the sky mariah mitchell astronomer so it's Ooh. a woman in stem book and then after that one comes another woman in stem book called the queen of chess judah how judah polgar changed the game so this is a woman who for 26 years was the top ranked woman chess player, the only woman ever to break into the top 10. You know, and then she retired and formed a foundation to teach kids chess and things like that. So 
just an amazing person. Wow. Um, and no one's written about her. And then I have another fiction picture book called Rivka's Presence about a little girl on the Lower East Side who's so excited to go to school and can't because Papa gets the flu. Aww. Mama has to go outside to work at the shirtwaist factory. So the little girl has to take care of her baby sister. And so she goes around the neighborhood and trades chores for lessons. Oh, right. So there's that one. Yeah. And then the one that was just announced. So I can say this one is coming out in 2024 is called An Exceptional Life, Kalpanachala Astronaut. Oh, wow. So this was an Indian born American astronaut. You know, so the story of her coming here, you know, immigrating from India, you know, getting her PhD, becoming an astronaut. You know, that one's an amazing story too. Oh, wow. so I think they're just all, the women in STEM one are just inspirational. These women who have done, you know, Mariah Mitchell, the astronomer was the first American to discover a comet. Not the first woman, the first American. You know, she formed the astronomy department at Vassar. You know, she helped so many generations of women become astronomers. Yeah. That was her life. So these women inspire other people. And that's why I write about them. Yeah. And then the um, the books, I guess, once you've put them out, have you ever had any of their relatives or anybody contact you to talk about it or to okay so <laughs> i used to joke jokingly say that i write about dead women in stem <laughs> right because i would choose to write about dead women in stem now the chess person is still alive okay so far. you know she's you know, so far she's still alive yeah um and we will be contacting her, but I haven't yet. The reason some people love to write about living people or contact the relatives, that they love doing that. I don't. <laughs> right? I, I would much rather you know, read transcripts and, and papers and books yeah. and see videos and stuff than talk to people. Yeah, well, it's there's so much that you can find through researching through papers and articles and libraries. And right. all of that. And the archives of people's yeah. papers, you know, yeah. you can see, you know, their notes and things like that. You know, so you can get those little nuggets of fun little facts that might not be known that you can right. put into the book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always wondered because I I've written one book about an actual person and that person has also passed away um but i was able to speak with her grandchildren right most people like doing that yeah <laughs> i don't and so i don't do it well it's good to know your process too exactly. and what you like and what works and yeah there you go <laughs> and so for um for future generations and i think primarily girls um, who are interested in STEM and interested in exploring more about 
the things you've written about and the work that you do, um, what advice do you have for future generations? Well, first of all, not just girls, yeah, girls and boys, yeah. because boys need to know that women can be scientists, that women can be computer scientists or astronomers or whatever. Not everyone has to grow up to be a scientist or a mathematician. I have to admit, I can't imagine why you wouldn't, but I'll, I'll give you that maybe not everyone has to grow up and do that. But we live in a technological world now. You need to be aware of science. You need to be scientifically literate. I used to teach a course called Computer Literacy. And you know it was a required course to graduate in order to make sure that the students coming out of college were computer literate. And it's the same thing with these children growing up now. They need to understand that the scientific process exists, that there are scientists, there are people you trust, who have studied, and it's not just smoke and mirrors. Right. Yeah. I think I got off track from your question <laughs> and got on my soapbox a little bit, but. <laughs> no, I think that's, I think that's great. I mean, you look at future generations and it is so important to make everybody aware of that. Anybody can do anything, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing, when I talk to kids because of my journey, that what you decide as a kid, as a kid, I was going to be a mathematician. No doubt about it. I was going to be a mathematician. When I got to college, I changed a little bit, right? I majored in biochemistry, but I had taken computer courses and I liked computers, you know, computers, science, computer, you know, what did I want to do? And I found out there was a field called scientific computing that combined the two together. So I was happy as a clam. Right. So I didn't do what I was absolutely certain I was going to do as a child. But that math was a thread that went through my scientific career, my computer science career. But then, you know, I took this turn and started writing because you don't have to do what you decided you wanted to do at five or else right. everyone would be firefighters and ballet dancers. If I, if I turned out to be what I wanted to be when I was five, I would be a backup dancer for In Living Color. See? Which is what I wanted to be. There's still time. And that's the other thing is I got my MFA and my first book published when I was 61. Oh. So it's never too late to decide, oh, I want to try this or, oh, I want to try that. Yeah. Well, Lori, it has been so much fun having you here today. And I'm really um, just honored to have had this opportunity to speak with you and to have you on the show. Uh, we will post a link to your website where people can read all about you and your wonderful books and- And the teacher guides. And the teacher guides. So um, we will put that here at the end. And Lori, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it has been my total pleasure. I love talking 
books and kid lit and publishing. You know, what better is that? What better is that? That's right. Well, thank you and have a great day. Thank you.